Welcome, welcome, welcome back to FUVFC, our first episode of the new year, 2023. Just two dudes on this one this time, not the full panel of the lads. Just myself, James Burley, and my partner in crime, Keenan Troy. Keenan, how are you doing, my man? Good, James. You know, first episode of 2023, I think we were supposed to roll out maybe one more episode to finish off 2022, but... You know, hand up to me. I'm sure you will say too. You know, you get home for the holidays. You kind of just press that reset button and maybe assignments slip away. But after the crazy day we had in U.S. soccer, it, we can't ignore it. You know, and once again, FUVFC emerging into the responsibilities, especially with the storyline this big. I I think you're right. The world was waiting for our response and our take on this. So you know what, we got off our lazy you-know-whats and got to work because this is something that 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 we need to address because, you know, maybe we jumped the gun early talking about the sort of relationship between the Reinas and the bear, halt, bear Halters, excuse me, last month when we were still on campus in studio because maybe we came away from that saying, eh, you know what, maybe there's not a whole lot to the story after that sort of thing unfolded. And then a lot of a lot of stuff uh, just unfolded over the last two days. Today is January 4th, Wednesday. On Tuesday, U.S. men's national team head coach Greg Berhalter issued a statement saying that um, he had been in a physical altercation with his wife, then girlfriend, 31 years ago when they were freshmen in college. For those who are not familiar with this conflict that is now just blown up, it was a, something that they had resolved many years ago and something that... They had both grown from is Greg, a mistake he made when he was 18 years old and one that he still feels ashamed of, but one that he feels that through a lot of work he resolved with his family and has grown from. It was brought back to the attention of the U.S. Soccer Federation on December 11th, the same day that or sorry, the day after Greg Berhalter's comments through that summit focus group leadership conference in New York City were revealed to have the negative comments about Gio Reyna and an experience that happened at the World Cup in Qatar. And just a day later, it was revealed that the person who brought that up to the U.S. Soccer Federation was, in fact, Danielle Reyna, who is not only Gio Reyna's mother, but also the former college roommate of Greg Berhalter's Rife Ross. And then you've got the fact that this is something that we mentioned before. Gio Reyna, uh, Gio Reyna's father, Claudio Reyna, who former U.S. men's national team captain, grew up with Greg Berhalter. They played youth soccer together, high school soccer together, national team teammates. Both went to the quarterfinals in 02, both big parts of that team. And now we're here and we don't know how we got here. It's been crazy amounts of drama over the last two months. It feels like a soap opera. You remember when the U.S. soccer team was about soccer? Me neither. Um, Because I... This is now gotten to the point where it's more about the the broken bonds of what was once a powerhouse American soccer relationship between two American soccer powerhouse families that you got to remember Greg Berhalter has known Gio Reyna since Gio was a child. And Gio Reyna, Sebastian Berhalter, both of their children are professional soccer players. This is something that... Um, you certainly didn't expect to happen. Uh, and now that it's blown up in the public, what do we make of it? Where do we go from here? And maybe let's take a look and say, what does this say about U.S. soccer as a whole, that this sort of thing is happening? Where where, do, where should we start? Well, I think 
to understand Danielle Reyna's complaints, I, you understand that it's, you know, a maternal instinct and, you know, the right to defend your child. I mean, it's no secret that after those statements were made there by Greg at that leadership summit, there was, a, we all could kind of assume a clear rift in the relationship between, you know, two powerhouse families of American soccer, both on the men's side and the women's side. Um, and, you know, obviously Danielle having such a close relationship with Greg's wife at college, you know, I think that her response, you know, perhaps was to come to Gio's, you know, come to come on Gio's behalf in a way and say that, you know, Greg made this mistake when he was close to Gio's age, you know, still a young man. And he, he was able to grow from it. He absolved it. You know, the U S soccer federation had to have known about it and we were still okay with that. And maybe she was upset that, you know, having been a person who, you know, had early struggles and, you know, growing up, so to say, even though at no matter what age, you know, assaulting another person, let alone your girlfriend, let alone a woman, isn't something that should be taken lightly. But I think, you know, Danielle Reyna was saying if he was afforded the opportunity to grow from this and not be absolved of it, because, you know, through Greg's statement, we see that it's still haunting him and, you know, still something he has to live with, but afforded the opportunity to be looked at in a better light, showing that he could grow and that, you know, who he was at 18 doesn't define who he is at, is at 44. I think Danielle Reyna was obviously upset that her young son was thrown in such a negative light and was, you know, pleading her case to the U S soccer federation. Cause again, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes for all we know, Greg could be meeting with the U S soccer federation saying, I don't think Gio Reyna is going to be a part of this team moving forward, you know, not blackballing him per se, but at least making, you know, geo shortcomings in the camp known to the soccer federation. And so perhaps Danielle knew that perhaps she was fearing that we don't have that information, but I think she was trying to go to bat for her son and say, you know, Greg is a living example of a person that does something, did something really, really awful as a young man, far worse than, you know, being a lousy sport in camp, but was able to grow from it. My son should be afforded the same opportunity. So I think that's at least me trying to enter her psyche. Is it a, you know, a correct response? No, but I think that's necessary to understand that this wasn't perhaps just a case of a pouty parent who's sad that they're, you know, 11U son isn't making a travel team. I think there's there's layers to that too. Yeah, I think I, I agree with most of what you said. Um, they the In their statement, and I'll read it in a moment, uh, both Claudio and Danielle wrote to the media to address it before it got out. And both of them said that Greg's decision not to <clears throat> play Geo into a quote-unquote limited role, as it were, when he said made that statement or originally back before the World Cup even started, but they both the both the Reinas felt that that was a personal decision, and that's why they felt the need to bring this up. However, for me, the, the timing of this all is what makes it seem de, uh, more like more backstabby than anything. Um, to bring up someone's. Um, some uh, an instance of domestic violence in someone else's family from 30 years in the past, something that was seemingly resolved between the parties involved and to bring it up in front of the public. Um, right after you've been upset about your coach's comments about your son 
And remember, these are all people who are friends and families. I think that is why a lot of people right now are so shocked about this and why it's why it seems like the word blackmail has, has come around a lot. I, I, I think, uh, Keenan, you, you're probably right about her intentions with uh, talking to, you know, Ernie Stewart and Brian McBride, you know, also former teammates of Claudio and Greg, who are in administrative roles in U.S. soccer. Um, but that's what it's become. And and a lot of now people are now comparing it to um, youth soccer parents like you just alluded to. No, it, obviously, there's more substance here. You, it's not just not getting playing time on like the U11 team, but there's a feel to that um, because of it being right after such comments were made. And uh, that's why a lot of people are now so, uh, starting to take a look at this and say perhaps the Reynas were certainly in the wrong to have made those comments and to have made them public. And now um, a lot of people are coming to the consensus that there's not a not a winner from this. And it would be hard to pinpoint a way to say that there were. So here are Danielle Reynas' uh, exact words. Quote, to set the record straight, I did call U.S. Soccer Sporting Director Ernie Stewart on December 11th, just after the news broke that Greg had made negative statements about my son Gio at a leadership conference. I have known Ernie for years and considered him to be a close friend. I wanted to let him know that I was absolutely outraged and devastated that Gio had been put in a, such a terrible position and that I felt very personally betrayed by the actions of someone my family had considered a friend for decades. As part of that conversation, I told Ernie that I thought it was especially unfair that Gio who had apologized for acting immaturely about his playing time, was still being dragged through the mud when Greg had asked for and received forgiveness for doing something so much worse at the same age. Without going into detail, the statements from yesterday significantly minimized the abuse on the night in question. Rosalind Berhalter was my roommate, teammate, and best friend, and I supported her through the trauma that followed. It took a long time for me to forgive and accept Greg afterward, but I worked hard to give him grace and ultimately made both of them and their kids a huge part of my family's life. I would have wanted and expected him to give the same grace to Gio. This is why the current situation is so very hurtful and hard. So there you kind of see the, the personal connection that uh, Danielle Reyna really harped on and said that there is a betrayal of trust now between the two groups. And not only that, but maybe perhaps a bit of hypocrisy because what Greg did was far worse than what Gio did. And perhaps Danielle's also suggesting that Greg did not give uh, a full account of the details that happened 31 years ago. But for me, I kind of feel like if it was an issue that had been resolved between Greg Verhalter and Rosalind Verhalter, then why is it coming up now right after uh, you're upset about what Gio, uh, what he's saying about your son, Gio, maybe this was something that you wanted to bring to attention in 2019 when he was first hired. If, if that's really what the issue was, the timing of it all, it just seems uh, to be far too uh, intentionally vindictive. And I, um, I, 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 that's, that's where I sort of see the situation at the moment. Of course, more details will come out and we're going to look back on this one in three weeks and say that maybe we were wrong to have said that, but Keenan, uh, how do you feel? Yeah. Well, I wanted to afford Daniel Reyna, you know, at least, a little devil's advocacy because when you get to the brass tacks of it, and even in her statement too, like, yeah, there's an emotional relationship between your family and the Burhalter family, you know, overcoming that obstacle to trust Greg again was probably no doubt hard for her. And, you know, 
having your son cast into this negative light obviously hurts you. But while I still disagree with everything Greg did at that leadership conference, and, you know, myself alone think, you know, that's warranted, you know, for him to lose his job over that or not, you know, be offered a new contract. What really bothers me with Daniela's statement about why she did it is because she's making her personal relationship affect how Greg should do his job, at least in her mind. It seems that she's calling, you know, saying that, hey, Greg was able to respond from this and grow from this. And I've welcomed him into my family. Why is he treating me, my family, so poorly? When fundamentally, Greg's job is to feel the best side he can field. And, you know, we even saw it with the selection, you know, Jordan P. Fox mother's not digging up dirt on Greg Burhalter and saying, you know, you know, oh, Jordan wasn't in good form, but Greg, you know, had a history of domestic violence when he was a child, when he was a young man. So I, I think that's where it really bothers me is that she's using her personal relationship with the family and with Greg and his wife, Rosalind, as almost justification to why Gio should receive, you know, preferential treatment. And so it, it really blurs the line between what's Greg's responsibility as a professional and, you know, doing his job as a U.S. men's national team coach and what he, you know, ob- what obligations he, ha- he has, you might say, to like being a good friend to the Reina family. So I think all in all, vindictive is the perfect word. I think it's, you know, almost asking for preferential treatment because your family relationship. And, you know, I don't think Geo needs that because of how talented he is. But I really think that this entire thing, as you said, from the jump, James, it's completely destroyed a relationship between, you know, two prominent footballing families in the United States, you know, a coach that, you know, before those comments about Gio Reyna came out, you know, back in December, I think a lot of U S soccer fans were hopeful for 2026. You know, a lot of people seemed to invite and buying in with Greg leading up to the world cup, the world cup kind of cemented that whether we liked it or not. And now at this point, it's, you know, a lose-lose. And of course, the situation is going to unravel more as more details, you know, get leaked out and teased out. But it's a lose-lose. I think the releasing of that statement by the Reynas, I think them doing it, you know, that phone call Danielle made back in December, I think that just really took away from what was the central issue of Greg Berhalter throwing a player under the bus and now has turned it into a family versus family rivalry, which sadly U.S. Soccer Federation, the U.S. men's national team has to live through because it affects, you know, their current coach for how long we don't know. And, you know, really one of the biggest bright spots moving forward for this national team. Yeah. And so that's where we are now. Right. And we have to ask, where do the U.S. M&T look going forward? Where does Gio Reyna himself fit into all this because now he's no longer at the center of it uh, in terms of people who are acting. It's now become his parents and Greg. And now what does this mean for Greg individually? Uh, we said after um, the last time we talked about Gio Reyna controversy was uh, that it would probably be really difficult for Bearhalter to continue as the coach, not because he would necessarily be the worst choice or anything, but because there'd be a rift between the players and it would be, you know, an untenable relationship. I think now 
we can definitely say we've we've crossed that line where this relationship is is uh, probably um, too hard to bring back because Gio Reyna is a player that's going to be involved in the next two to three World Cup cycles for sure. And Greg Berhalter is a coach who is probably more replaceable. And um, that's just the way it is at, at the moment. For now, the January camp is going to be coached by Anthony Hudson, um, the former coach of the Colorado Rapids, who was fired when he complained that his players were not good enough and that they only had one marquee player in the goalkeeper, Tim Howard. To be fair, it's a fair complaint considering how uh, on paper that that Colorado Rapids team were at a disadvantage to other MLS teams, but still not a great complaint to make. He was an assistant under Bearhalter. Um, he's probably most known for being the coach for New Zealand from 2014 to 2017, where he actually did a lot of great things with the program. Um, never with New Zealand, of course, in the Oceania, you don't really get tested against uh, teams that are all that strong, but he did do well to boost uh, New Zealand standing in the world rankings, as well as confirming them in all the Oceania competitions, getting to um, only losing 2-0 to Peru in the 2018 uh, Intercontinental Playoffs. I mean, he's just going to be the interim coach for the January camp. I mean, Keenan, do you have any specific opinions on Anthony Hudson whatsoever, or just in general, what does this mean for Greg Berhalter? Do you think he's ever going to be able to be the U.S. coach again? Well, I think to start with Hudson, I think it's a good, you know, really fortunate crutch for the U.S. to fall back on. I think, you know, you named it that New Zealand experience, you know, coaching at the international level. I think even with Greg Berhalter and, you know, they brought back Bruce Arena, um, you know, going back to Bradley, Klinsman, a lot of these U.S. coaches that they've had in the past, and I, I still think he's a temporary fix. But we kind of speculated that January camp would be under a temporary, you know, coach anyway, regardless of this current blow up happening, just because as they kind of waited for the rain of drama to cool down, they weren't going to extend Greg, you know, let try and let that relationship mend, which has now been completely severed. Um, but a, a really good, you know, temporary hire in my eyes, just because of the experience he brings as an international coach, but also being, you know, an assistant with Greg still familiar face for these guys hopefully still plays you know the similar burr halter style um and i think for greg going forward this is it you know it's i think it's really pathetic not on his but from the reina family to you know force him out of you know being a national team coach in this light you know he shot himself in the foot but it was the reinas who kicked him over because let's face it you know him outing Gio Reyna in that conference. As I said earlier, you know, on this show, it's probably a fireable offense or, you know, non, you're not getting a new contract when you do that, but having continued the soap opera with Greg, I just don't see how you can expect Gio to be a part of that camp ever. If Greg's there, because going back to that, while, you know, Gio's an independent adult now and, you know, professional young man playing in Germany still he's still a son to his mother and father and you know it's tough going to work for a national team that you care so deeply about that you've been invested in since you were like four years old with the youth programs for a coach that your dad and your mom just don't get along with I, I don't think U.S. Soccer Federation can see that as a relationship that can be at the very least pleasant 
So I think this is Greg, the end of Greg's line. Again, I think it's really shameful that it ends in this way. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can say Greg threw the first punch and that, you know, this was coming back on him. But I think, you know, this is perhaps the first big blow up we've seen of U.S. soccer since maybe 1998 World Cup team. There's a ton of soap operas if, you know. Anyone who's listening wants to do a deep Wikipedia dive. There's some really good stories in there, but yeah, that John I, Harks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even like across all international soccer, we see like you know infighting within the French camp, sometimes within the Spanish camp, but none of it has ever escalated to this point. So I think that for the manager to be so directly involved in the controversy and not over like player selection, which I guess this is where it started, but for it to be you know attacks on his personal life and, you know, really degrading his character. I just don't think, you know, U.S. Soccer Federation can keep Greg, but nor do I think Greg wants this job anymore. I think that this most recent attack from the Raina family, you know, has forced his hand. And I think he he should realize that whether he wants to or not, the best move for him and his family is just to get out of that spotlight, you know, to work on themselves if they need to work on themselves to maybe try and work on the relationship with the Reynas in private, because as you said, they're so interconnected and, you know, played together. Both husbands did, both wives did at so many levels that if that relationship can be saved, it needs to be done behind closed doors. So I think this is the end for Greg overall. I think the January camp will be, it'll be interesting to see, to be honest, James, because we don't know what we're going to get in terms. I mean, assuming that player selection is going to be, know relative to what we want it to be but it's going to be interesting to see how the u.s men's national team the guys that go on the field and compete for this country are going to come out of this because you know i think with the comments from greg back in december maybe sides had been drawn in terms of well was greg in the wrong to let these grievances be known maybe but are they valid but now it's so much bigger you know how is Gio Reyna going to be perceived by his teammates that his parents are, you know, attacking their former coach? How is Gio Reyna going to be able to mend those relationships? It's just going to be, a, thankfully, the World Cup, next World Cup's in four years. And, you know, the Copa America, which the U.S. is going to compete is in, you know, however many months so that hopefully this can all die down by then. But I would expect these, you know, upcoming six months leading up to the Gold Cup to be really, really testy. Yeah, and I, I think... I'm I'm glad we both now acknowledge that, you know, the first domino to fall was Greg's comments at that leadership council coming out. I mean, that story was going to come out anyway. So you said like you one could consider Bearhalter to having thrown the first punch, but it's not really a punch. It was more of uh more of like a, a flick to the forehead, one of those things, you know what I mean? And it 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 set off a chain of events that really shouldn't have happened. Uh this story was going to come out anyway. So for for this to be how it started, you can't really say it was a tit-for-tat situation between Greg's did something wrong and the Reigns did something wrong. Greg made a mistake. It happened, and it got the media involved. But the players came out and said this is a non-story, and the Reigns reacted very, very differently and honestly, disgustingly in many ways, having done what they've done. And now... The situation we are in it's unfair that this is the what this is what keeps greg bearhalter uh from potentially becoming coach again and i i think it's probably not going to happen 
but I'd say there's still a chance the uh, U.S. soccer said that they would not um, uh, make a decision on Greg's future until the investigation was concluded, but that it has an indefinite date attached to it. So, I mean, we will see in terms of that, but we have to talk about where Gio Reyna himself fits into all this because the question now is if Gio and Greg can't work together, if Greg comes back, is Gio going to come back? And if Greg doesn't come back, which we both said is likely, is Gio just going to, this is just going to, we're just going to forget this all happened. He's going to come back to kicking the ball like normally again. And things at Dortmund are going to stay the same because, you know, he made a mistake in, in training. He wasn't giving enough effort when he found out his role wasn't good and he had to apologize for it. And, that probably should have been the end of it, but here we are now. Um, he doesn't deserve this much attention for what happened. Uh, some of this is his parents' fault, but this is behavior that has been associated with the Reinas and with a lot of U.S. soccer for a while. U.S. soccer has long been criticized for, you know, being too interconnected, right? It's like it's not about how well you play. It's about who you know. That gets brought up at all levels of, of the sport in this country, and this is the highest level, and it's and it's caused a major rift between two of the most prominent figures in in the game in this country ever. So um, for Gio Reyna to be an actor and part of it and at the center of all of it at just 20 years old, um, that's a big deal, especially because we've kind of acknowledged now he's probably the most talented player the U.S. has now and perhaps ever. So where where does he go from here? Does Is it... I can't see this being a smooth transition back into the national team for him. I think he might have to take some time off between the national team. I'm sure his teammates now are probably um, they have they have uh, opinions about how this is going down too. So um, I can't see this being a super smooth transition, even if Greg is the one to go. I think this is going to be a bumpy road for at least a little while. And like you said, the Copa America should be the next uh, vision point for this U.S. team. So what do you make of where Geo fits into all this at the moment? So it's really hard for me to say, because on the one hand, you disavow your parents' statement, which has a lot of repercussions in your personal life, because, you know, if Geo, in my opinion, wants to maintain good standing or, you know, improve his standing within this national team, because we know of all the drama and, you know, getting on people's nerves in Qatar, if he wants to improve his standing or maintain whatever standing he has, I think he has to say that, you know, whether publicly or privately, like I did not approve of this statement being released. And I think if he does it publicly, I think that helps mend a lot of bridges and, you know, especially with the national team and is, you know, maybe bogus or, you know, cutthroat as this sound, your parents are always your parents. And I think, you know, if he comes out at age 20, and says, listen, what happened between Coach Greg and I, you know, while I didn't agree, I was willing to move forward with, the, you know, willing to move past this, willing to move forward with the national team. And if Coach Burhalter was the coach, I would be willing to, you know, mend that relationship. Everything that has happened is extracurricular to my role in the national team. I have no dog in that fight. That is not uh, my concern, nor should this be on the concern of anybody within this camp about where my interests lie coming into, you know, whether it be January you know, March into May, whatever camp he's next in, I think he needs to get ahead of it in order to say that my priorities are here. My personal stuff, you know, that's not really 
a concern to anyone in this room besides me because I'm going to check that at the door and be able to contribute to this team in the way I can. I also think, you know, James, you touched on it too, and I'd like to get to there, but I also think too this exposes, as you pointed out, a really big problem with the U.S. Soccer Federation. So I'm interested in this hear what you have to say about geo but then before we conclude i want to touch on what this means for u.s soccer because you know a country that's trying to play catch up with the rest of the world just exposing time and time again that it's as you said who you know not what you can do yeah i think we both said all that needs to be said about about geo i I do want to talk about u.s soccer i think u.s soccer did the right thing immediately getting investigation on both um the incident between Bearhalter and his wife from from years ago and into the reports of blackmail because um, domestic violence is, of course, never acceptable. But you have to understand the nature in which it was brought in front of the public. And, and it was really disgusting the way it was done. And what it says about U.S. soccer is that U.S. soccer is perhaps too tight knit. And these people that it's all about who, you know, that sort of thing that I kind of alluded to is not great. And, uh, and there's a pattern of these sort of things happening. I'll say Claudio Reyna right now is a sporting director of Austin FC and MLS. This is, I don't know how you continue to work a, a he's supposed to be like busy doing off season things for an MLS club right now. And this is where he's at. That's not good for him personally and for the club and for the league. And the league also reflects the repu- rep- reputation of the national team. So none, this doesn't help anybody out at all. And as for what it's worth, the pattern goes to Claudio himself. When he was with uh, the sporting director with NYCFC, there was uh, they swept sexual assault allegations under the rug. And now is it possible that they are willing to uh, bring those back to light for their personal gain? I mean, these are things that are being said now because even if none of those are true, because they're barely connected, of course, and there's much more context to those scenarios than than a lot that's being said on Twitter. But the reason these things are being brought back to light is because these are patterns of issues that have existed around U.S. soccer for a very, very long time. And when people are trying to put these pieces together, they're not going to ignore the things that have happened in the past because they know these problems exist and they are there. Look what's going on in uh, the NWSL with uh, Christy Holly and everything. And, you know, this drama alone, I don't want to dip into the, the U.S. women's team drama because there's plenty of that right now. And. I want to be done with the U.S. men's drama at the moment because we got the Women's World Cup coming up and we're going to do pretty good in that. Uh, I think so, at least. So I'd like to be able to move on from the U.S. men's drama and and really just zero in on uh, the U.S. women's team because that's going to be so much fun this summer. Yeah, and I think, you know, my last critique is that Ernie Stewart, Greg Berhalter... I guess you can say Claudio Reyna just because of the impact he's had on the MLS and Brian McBride. What do all four of those men have in common? Well, they were all in the U.S. national camps in the early 2000s. And they're all presumably, you know, even Danielle Reyna says in her statement, you know, Ernie's a close friend of hers. Brian McBride's right there with them. I don't know about the personal relationship, but, you know, all four of those men were playing together for the national team at the same time. And I think it exposes something that you know, a lot of other nations that have aspirations to world, win the World Cup. And I think, you know, now we're at a point where in U.S. soccer where I don't want to say winning the World Cup is necessarily within reach, but definitely, you know, I think everyone that supports this team and sees what, you know, players are capable at the club level or, you know, when the national team looks really cohesive, this is a team that could definitely push into a quarterfinal, you know, 
maybe they get their cards dealt, you know, nicely to them. And 2026, it wouldn't be crazy to see them in a semifinal. But it it exposes that at the top level of U.S. soccer, there's a hierarchy of, you know, I don't want to say a boys club because of the connotations that it has these days, but definitely an in-group of, you know, these are the players we like. You know, whether Gio Reyna's, say he's not Claudio Reyna's son for the sake of this argument, there's clear that Greg Berhalter as a head coach is so connected to the U.S. Soccer Federation that it would be impossible to see them not having discussions about the national team, you know, speaking from this ivory tower of, oh, well, we went to a quarterfinal. So, you know, Greg, as the head coach, you kind of got to represent us and, you know, influencing his decision, which is all well and fine when they're not all from the same friend group, from the same national team that played together, you know, back in the early 2000s. So for me, obviously the way this all unfolded was absolutely disgusting. But at the end of the day, I think there's good to come out of this. I think U.S. Soccer Federation really needs to look at itself in the mirror and say, why do parents think they have the right to contact, you know, not that these allegations, if they're, because they are true, you know, not to say that they shouldn't be brought to the light, but why does a parent have the right to retaliate against a coach and, you know, bring up, dig up corpses that had seemingly been resolved? So I just think that, if there's any silver lining to come out of this, maybe it's that obviously one, the Burhalter family, you know, hopefully becomes closer through this. I think that it provides them an opportunity to do so, but also that the U S soccer Federation could take a good look in the mirror and say, what does this say about our character? How do we go forward from this? And I think, I think both Ernie and Brian McBride do a good job, but I think there needs to be, implementation of other voices because as we said earlier yes this is happening at the highest level but this happens at every single level you know the u20s the u18s even down into you know youth soccer at like not even the highest of club levels u.s soccer federation picks people that they want to lead club teams and everyone else is gone yeah and i think you make a good point bringing up some of the executives and their very close relationship uh, prior till 5 p.m. today, Cindy Parlo Cohn and Ernie Stewart were completely silent about this. Um, the leadership at U.S. Soccer Federation has been criticized for a very long time. There was a very contentious election several years ago. Carlos Cordero coming in replaced Sanu Galati after the U.S. men's team missed in 2018. So, I mean, there's there's so much here, but soccer parents ruining uh, the dynamic of a team. Uh, people are used to that in this country. But as we wrap this one up, 2023, we've got a great year of soccer ahead of us. Major League Soccer, just a month away, just over a month away, even though both NYCFC and the New York Red Bulls likely saying goodbye to their captain, Sean Johnson, not going to re-sign. Aaron Long, probably going to sign with LAFC. What's going on in the world? I know, right, guys? U.S. Women's World Cup, uh, their run to defend their double championships in 2015-2019 in New Zealand, Australia. For WFUV Sports, this has been Ed FUVFC. I've been James Burley. That's Keenan Choi. We'll see you guys next time.